Welcome everybody to the COVID Convos, where we have real conversations with real people around what well-being looks like in a pandemic. I've got the usual suspects with me today. Griggsy, how are you going? How's lockdown treating you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Really loving it, to be honest. And that's not being sarcastic at all. <laughs> What's making you love it? Uh, just starting to appreciate the time uh, with the family. And, and I think I've spoken about it before, but the no, the the lack of pressure to do, to do things, to just more, more be in a state of being. So yeah, I'm, I'm really not being sarcastic. It's, <laughs> a little hard, bit it's like, hard to uh, really say that. <laughs> it's a little bit like mindfulness, right? Like when you first start mindfulness, that first like five to 10 minutes, your brain is going crazy, right? But eventually it settles down and then things open up. Maybe lockdown is a little bit like that. I feel like I've turned a corner as well. Simon, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, just plugging away. It's still sort of early days for us in the lockdown compared to Griggsy. So maybe I'll get to that sort of Zen state in another week or two. Well, we've got a special guest with us today as well. I'd love to find out if he's reached that Zen state because he's in a very different place to us as well. He's in Paris and his name is David Cerrone. Well, hopefully I got that right. <laughs> I'm not very good with Italian. Uh, but David, would you like to introduce yourself to our guests and tell them, tell us a little bit about you, man. What's your story? Okay. Uh, first of all, thanks to, for having me and, and very nice to, to meet you all. Um, so I'm French Italian. Uh, I've been born and raised uh, in Paris and, um, I'm, um, a clown, a humanitarian clown. Um, I've been traveling the world for the last maybe almost four years. Um, I've studied my um, um, kind of a, a big travel, a big journey to study and understand laughter everywhere um, because I'm also a comedian. So my, my first uh, goal was to understand if we all laugh about the same stuff, by the same topics, is it something natural? Is it something that we need? Um, so the, the, the project was um, to travel the, the world for one year to make a documentary about that. Um, but um, I, step by step, I, I've been taking some distance from humor and, I, and, I, and I've been focusing on, on laughter, the, the essence of it. And so for many reasons and many stories, I came back to clown, to clowning, to to the spirit of clowning and I, I, I also discovered social circus and stuff like that. Uh, so the, um, I couldn't stop traveling. So from one year I kept on um, traveling for the second year, third year and, and this is my life right now. There is no boundaries between my work, my life, my travel is, is one big thing. So to make it simple for many people because clowning is not mm, very clear. Um, the definition of, of clown is not very clear because a lot of people can see the, the McDonald clown, the circus clown, the, the, <laughs> the painted face. I have no, no, no makeup at all, just, just my nose and, and some crazy clothes, but, but nothing more. So I, I organize a lot of workshop for any kind of people, um, adults, kids, grown up, um, um, older people, everything. Um, I, I try to focus on, on different kind of communities also. So it's all about 
spreading the philosophy of, of, of clown. It's very good for your own um, um, well-being and, 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 and happiness and, and, and a lot of stuff. And also doing some shows anytime I, I, I can. This is more or less what I try to do. David, I have like one billion questions. Like, I want to know what you found out about humor. I want to know what you learned about laughter. I, I, I want to know, you know, what is the philosophy of clowning? But before we get into all of that, I guess, you know, the big question that we always try to explore first is how has COVID-19 and everything that's been happening at the moment affected you, your life, your, like the country that you're in? Um, yeah, what, what, what's changed? What's different? And how's it? How are you coping with it all? Um, I, I don't know if I if I'm um, living in a in a parallel world of of or my impressions are very different. Obviously, um, I am feeling bad because of all the, the the illness and all the 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 suffering and all the death and everything. And, and France is is very affected as a lot of countries in the world and as Spain as Italy. Um, and I've been locked down for the last 30 days, maybe. This is my day 30 or something like that. Um, but um, I, I still feel good because I, I have the capacity to see uh, the, the good thing that are that, uh, happening and, and, and the old learning that, that we are um, sharing and, 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 and seeing every day, you know. Um, like, like little details, like every day at 8 p.m., everybody goes to the window and start clapping, you know, and this is, I, I live in Paris, um, so most of the time you don't know your neighbors because it's a big city and because we are French and because, you know, Parisian, we don't have nice fame because we, we are supposed to be always grumpy and, and on a rush and, you know, and it's almost true, but this is not the case. Um, anyway, so this is the first time that I discover my neighbors. Uh, we, we, we say hello to each other. We smile together. We make music together. Uh, we clap together. And it's, it's only five minutes a day, but this is something very uncommon, something very nice, something. And, and, and I also see all the, all the initiatives of, of creating stuff, of sharing stuff. Uh, for example, in my case, there is a big health clown community in the world and and every day we try as individual or as group to to create some little stuff you know to to cheer people up to make them to make them feel a little bit better happier you know uh so there is kind of two lectures of of what's happening it's it's a kind of strange situation and i try not to read the the news not to watch the news i'm i'm just trying to understand the, what I need to understand about the situation, you know, about the health situation and, and that's it. But. Yeah, needs to know basis, maybe David. It's a good approach, I think, mate, to the, to the news a lot of the time. Um, uh -huh. Just getting back to some of those positive um, initiatives that, that have sprouted up in your area and, and I hear of other places around the world, people singing on their balconies and that sort of thing. but. Your experience, for example, with the clapping, I think you said at 8 p.m. every night. How did that start? Did it just start one night with someone clapping on their own and then the next night there was two and then it grew from there or did it get posted on social media or something? I don't know if it started in Spain or Italy because actually right now everybody's copying everybody in, in, the, in a good way. Uh, in France, it started like, like you know, uh, um, 
kind of WhatsApp group or something. So, so through social medias, decided to say every, every day at 8 p.m. we should go to the Windows Club to uh, cheer and to say thank you to all the doctors and nurses and everything that's helping this life to go on, also the supermarket and stuff. So it's kind of a big thank you stuff. And, and I remember the first day, three, three weeks ago, the first afternoon, the first night, we were like my roommate and I at the window, you know, like, oh, there is no one. We should, we should go on. And we, and we kept on, you know, and, and the second night we went with, with the, uh, trying to make more noise. And now it's beautiful because even we have a very old woman at the first, um, first floor on, on the opposite uh, building. And she's alone and, and I can see her face when she opens the window because she's on the ground floor. So she, it's not very secure for her to open the, the, the window anyway. And she's so happy to see that she's not alone because she lives alone. She's one of the more targeted people because of this kind of illness. So for five minutes in the day, she's not alone and, and we can see her face, you know, so that was that making more noise every day. And that almost all the neighborhood is, is alive at 8 PM. That's absolutely incredible. It's like a whole nation showing gratitude together. Not only that, like that creates like the solidarity and connection. It's just an incredible story. I, I haven't heard about that yet. That's thanks for sharing. And, that. and it's not, not only about clapping, there is some music instrument, people singing, people trying to, it's, it's trying to, make noise and to show that you're alive and that you are not alone, you know, mm. and, and there is a lot of small apartments because we don't, we don't have a lot of space. So you can see that this is the moment that you have the impression to go out, not being alone in your own space. I want to dig into that concept of like being alone and being together. Cause you know, as you were talking at the beginning around your journey, uh, studying humor and laughter, and is this universal? Do we laugh at the same things? You know, do we find the same things funny? Uh, what, what have you found in that? Because, you know, human beings, we don't want to uh, be alone. And, you know, me personally, I believe we have way more in common than we have differences. So I want to hear more about that journey, man. Um, it's um, the thing is that we sh humor is something very specific. It's something very close to community, uh, to being part of something. Um, because the topics are almost the same in all the countries. It's the neighbor, the difference, uh, the rear, the, the mother-in-law. The topics are almost always the same. Um, but but um, uh, humor has to be something that we share. You know, if, if we spend like four shows together, we're going to have to start, we're going to start to have like um, um, inside jokes and, and, and personal stuff because we are a little group. Okay, so I can make fun of you because you always uh, arrive late because of you because you always have the same coffee stuff and blah blah blah. So yeah. this, we, we're going to create some kind of humor among us because we are a group. Kind so of like Grig kind of like Grigsby's haircut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with the time, uh, and, and this this is this is the same for all the kind of communities. This, this is why we have a Jew humor, a French humor. Um, this is why um, um, we have a national humor or something, something mm. like that, you know. But when, when you see TV shows like Friends or other big famous TV shows, they, they were famous all over the world, you know. So there is something in common that we share. About mm. that. David, I find that all um, fascinating. Um, but I just wanted to also ask you a bit more further to that about what do you see as the role of humor and, and laughter in 
in times like this, whether it's in a pandemic or other sort of, you know, heavy traditionally sort of, um, yeah. you know, can be uh, down sort of depressing times. I want to expand on that. Yeah. Because, you know, when there's a tragedy, oftentimes, you know, people say you can't laugh or, you know, you can't be happy during those times. But I know for a fact, like for me, in some of the hardest times that I had to get through, laughter was the thing that got me through. Right. But it's almost like taboo to laugh when there's a tragedy going on. So mm. actually, actually laughter, laughter, um, happiness and sadness, laughter and crying. It's almost the same feeling. That's why most of the time when you, when you laugh a lot, you, 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 you start crying. And when you cry, sometimes you, you start laughing at the end also, because it's almost the same sense of nerve. I don't know how to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, in this kind of situation, this is something that we need to survive because if, I don't know in, in Australia, but here in Europe, um, most of the time we see like 1,000 videos per day, 1,000 kind of pictures and jokes and, 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 and 80% of it, 90% of it, it's, it's about humor, good mm-hmm. or bad, but it's about humor, you know. And because this is something that we need to, to reschedule stuff, to understand stuff, to fix stuff, to, to make, um, um, you know, kind of climax stuff and, 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 and catharsis. I'm not sure of the name in English, mm, but this yeah. is something that you need to make things out of, of, of your, your body, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make it okay. And... Express yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. also, you know, there's something about, like, humour where you can... It makes the truth accessible, yeah? Like, you can't just say the, the truth because it usually is too harsh for people, but then you, you yeah. make it a joke and people are like, oh, yeah, that's true. And it makes them... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is the, the, the most common way to see when, when you do stand-up comedy, for example, and when you do a show, uh, when you hear in the audience someone saying, oh, that's true, that's, that's right, this is how it is, it means that it works because humor works like that. When I can recognize myself in your joke, in what you're criticizing or making um, fun about, um, that works because this is the truth, as I, 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 just, I just said right now. David, I'm interested... Um like being in the line of, of humor and laughter as your job, do you ever feel pressure um, from that? Like to be the funny guy, even if you're not on the clock or, um, I mean, I find that that pressure on a daily basis on this, on this show. So I'm just interested um, whether you find that as well. Uh, I, I, I agree with the word pressure. Uh, because um, I, I always used laughter and humor in my daily life, even when I was, I was a Spanish uh, teacher before that uh, in, in, in high school. Um, and I always had this kind of pressure. You're the funny guy, so when there is a party, when there is a dinner, you have to make you know, um, people laugh. But, but then when I started to be a, a professional comedian, it was worth, you know, because, oh, I'm sure you know a joke, and I'm very bad with jokes. I don't know any jokes, you know? Um, with, with clown is kind of almost the same, but as I said before, right now, there is no, no division, uh, um, no boundaries between my work life, my personal life. It's all of, of the same. So I'm used to that. And this is, this is kind of my weapon and my protection at the same time. So I, I, and, and I also had to say to myself, I don't have to be funny all the time. So I also have to. Uh, act with my own feeling right now, my own energy. So if I don't, I, I never, I never try to, you know, make people uncomfortable and, and make them, them sad. But if I'm not in the mood to make you laugh, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. There's a lot of um, parallels here, you know, 
you know, positive psychology world around strengths and uh, using your strengths well. So knowing that, you know, humor is a strength for you, you can use it to, you know, as protection, as sword and as shield, right? Use it on the offensive or the defensive, use it for challenges, use it for um, um, doing well and better. Uh, but also, you know, you're thinking about, I can't overuse it, right? Like you gotta be yeah. mindful of how you use your humor, right? If you know that it's a strength. I'm really curious, David, I wanna take it a, a bit of a different direction. How are you using your humor right now? Like you mentioned before that you have a circle of other clowns that um, you're sort of, that you're doing stuff, right? I'm just wondering uh -huh. how, like, give, give us some of the how, what does this look like? What, what are you um, doing right now? What, what I, I, oh, <laughs> we can do a lot of stuff. Uh, but first of all, I, I've studied like I studied like two weeks ago to record my own personal clown training of, of every morning. Uh, so what I do is like every day I try to uh, give a new life to an object. So I, I take anything. I've been, I've been working with toilet paper roll. I've been uh, working with you know the brush that you use to clean the toilets. Yeah. Um, uh, so every day I try. So at, at the beginning it was object connected to the situation, to the illness, and to to everything that's happening. But now I'm I'm changing, and and it's how how I can give life to a ruler, for example, and and how it can be a sword. It can be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's, what can happen. So yeah. it's like five minutes training and I, I, and I share with the people just to make them laugh and, and to make them um, um, think of, of, of something else, you know, yeah. and, 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 and the, the beautifulness of, of the clown is that the more stupid I am and the more I try to, sh to share my, 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 my stu stupidity with you and, and the more you're going to like it, you know, and, and, and feel kind of better. David, it, it sort of reminds me of a guest we had last night, Kirsten Catoni, who was talking about creativity and creative process and how people sort of are needing to be creative right now at home, um, looking for things to do, whether they're on their own or with kids or whatever it might be. But I, I'd imagine I, I could be wrong here. I don't know, quite know where I'm going with the question. But for me, not being someone who's a great comedian like, like yourself or Griggsy, um, and someone who sort of uh, shies away from putting themselves out there. I could imagine you're often getting out of your comfort zone in being a clown and improvising. You don't know where things are going. And I also think there's probably a lot of people outside their comfort zone um, right now. Um, how do you work through that sort of process? Is it something that over time um, gets a bit easier or um, is there some sort of... Um, technique you use to to keep yourself calm or, or prepare yourself for when you're pushing the boundaries and getting out of your comfort zone um the 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 first work that you do when you start working on, on clown and clowning it's it's all about yourself uh so it's 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 a work on on accepting yourself as you are and try not to judge anything this is not good this is not bad this is me okay so the first, the, the first steps of, of the, the clown working is about who I am and what do I have? Uh, do I have big nose, big ears, long feet, whatever? And it's not judging them. This is what I have right now. And what can I do with that? Okay. Uh, because my, my, I, I, have a big, I have big feet, like a 12. I don't know if it's the same number there, but I always had big feet. Um, so it's not about, oh, I'm lucky to have long feet or I'm, I'm unlucky. It's just, this is what I have. And that's, 
good to have that. What can I do with that? You know, so and, and it's, it's the same for all your uh, physical um, particularities and the same for the, your skills and your human um, skills and so. So uh, the more you work on that, the more aware you're, you're of that and proud of it because this is who I am. This is what I have. Okay. So with the clown training and the clown life, uh, you get used to that and, and you, you get used to show yourself as naked as you can, you know. Uh, and if I make fun of this kind of stuff, I decide that we're gonna make we're gonna make fun of my feet, and you're gonna laugh because I decide that my feet are funny, you know. And it it can't affect me because I decided it, and and there is nothing to be ashamed of. Those are my feet, and that's it, you know. And if you want to make fun of it, okay, but you know. So this is this is a long training. That's why you're always training yourself as a clown, and you learn every day. And, and that's also why there is no limits between two lives because this is helping me as David, you know, uh, my clan, my clan is, is feeling always better. And, and the last thing uh, is that um, clowning is not about doing stuff, but, uh, uh, but it's all about being, you know. So when you go to a hospital, when you go to visit some, some children with cancer, if you think of this is how I, I, I work and this is how a lot of people work, if you go there with this is my show i have to do this number i have to make them laugh and i have to take the accordion after five minutes of show um it's going to be a big failure you know because uh -huh. you're not going you're not going there to to do something with them you're going to be with them and and let's see what happens you know so and and still i have to struggle with that because sometimes when i go to refugee camp and i know that there is 200 kids waiting for us for a show it's like oh we and we want to do it well and we want to, to make it professionally good, you know. But just before going on stage, remember that. Um, I, I just want to be there with them to make them feel a little bit better and, and happier. So let, let's see what happens. I have my skills. I have my numbers. I know what, what, what I can do. But let's see what's going to happen because um, um, I don't know what's going to happen. If there is a kids crying on the first row, I cannot go with my show like nothing is happening. I have to play with that and I have to cheer that, that kid up and, and still going on with the show, you know? So that, that makes you, um, I'm always nervous before going on stage or before recording anything, even at home right now with my little um, training stuff. Uh, but, but then you can refocus yourself and say, okay, um, I'm, I'm already naked, so nothing can happen. You've already seen everything, so let's go with the show. Uh, I know you're talking about clowning there in your own experience, but there's just so much parallel wisdom for everybody at this time in those sentences that you just gave us, right? Like accepting yourself, but not just accepting yourself, recognizing your, your strengths, your skills, what do I have and how can I use that? Um, and really this difference between doing and being, I think is just so important. We talk about this all the time, like so many of us have that urge, that push, um, to do because that's what we've been doing for so long we know how to do things but when it comes to this question of just being just sitting with yourself just being who you are um, I think people really struggle with that right because they've defined themselves by their role or they've defined themselves by what they can do rather than well this is a part of me but there are other parts of me and I can adapt you know in uncertainty I can take what I need and I can adapt to what is happening before me and just so much good advice there. I think everyone should practice to be a clown, right? 
<laughs> <laughs> just practice. You don't have to be a clown, but mm. the training sounds pretty good. Well, I've got the opportunity with David's um, YouTube clips by the sound of it. We should put yeah. the link in the show notes to that one. I was going to say, actually, David, um, I think my kids have been um, have been watching your your videos because that toilet brush. They've every time they seem to go into the into the toilet, they've got the brush and they're playing with it up in the air. So maybe they've been watching your video. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm proud. I'm proud to be the inspiration of this kind of of of, of action. Um. David, I just want to ask if there's anything that we haven't had the chance to talk about yet that you feel is like really important that you want to share at this point in time. Um, actually, there is a lot of things, but but just if I have to pick just one is 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 um, how important uh, things are connected because as you said before, because you are um, working on mindfulness and well-being and stuff, so this is um, this is your your philosophy let, let's let's make it simple and i have my clown philosophy but at the end it's all the same mm. um and and if you read philosophy if you if you read um i mean the, the more i travel the, and the more i read and the more i try to train myself uh in in a lot of fields uh, at the end it's always the same basic stuff like knowing yourself loving yourself and the more you know yourself and the more you love yourself the more you can love the others and share with the others um, and in, in, in the clown, it's very obvious, but it's obvious almost everywhere. And, and this time of, of, of lockdown and, and of one third of, of the, the human um, people being home, this is a big time for us to, to rethink about all that and, and also to think about the after, because we are, we are learning so, so many things that we, we don't have to rush back to our previous life after that. And I really think about this big community thing and the big humanity thing happening, um, and 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 there there, there will be a, a new after that, and we have to work on that and to to make it especially for people like who have kids. You know, this is the, the great opportunity to to change something. That we are learning about a lot of stuff right now. Thank you, David. Um, I couldn't agree more. Pizzi and Simon and I talk about all that talk about that all the time and kind of what we wanted to do with this conversation is to encourage people to do those three things really first off know yourself second love yourself third love others because in that <laughs> we figure out a way to create a more positive future it's it, like you said it's really really simple but thank you so much for waking up early and uh joining us today man i really appreciate it thank you for having me thank you really uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, for our listeners out there, please share this, like it, subscribe, send us a comment. Tell us about um, what makes you laugh. What are you doing to practice a little bit of clowning in your life? Um, and we'd love to hear about it. Also, take the time to follow David's videos. We'll put those in the show link. But until next time, you stay healthy, world. <laughs>